Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 I know, surprise, it's time for B-A-Q-A. Yes, it's the second show, we're gonna test it out. Me and Mandy are gonna do Brown Ambition question and answer in a totally separate show, and we are, Trey, excited about it. Very excited. Y'all, you can expect the same wonderful advice from your financial besties, me and Tiffany, as you normally get. And you can also continue to send us your questions, please. We decided to break out this segment because honestly, our show was getting too fat and juicy and we wanted to never give up on answering y'all's personal finance and career questions. So if you have them, you can still hit us up at Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram or email us brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. You can also head to our website, brownambitionpodcast.com and click ask us anything to submit your question. And now you have your very own show. You're welcome. (laughs) Every Friday, Tiffany and I will be here taking your questions. It'll be a short little nugget of an episode and we hope you guys enjoy it. Yay. Question number one. How do you say this question in Spanish? Question. No, pregunta. That's I was going to say, I knew it was a question. <laughs> Wait, my brain broke. I'm sorry. I think that's French. <laughs> pregunta uno. Pregunta. Numero uno. Numero uno. Okay. You want to read it? I would, I, would, I would be honored. All right. <laughs> First question comes from someone who'd like to remain anonymous. They ask, "Is do you guys have any advice regarding how I can inspire my 17-year-old stepdaughter to embrace personal <laughs> finance and participate in the growth of her UTMA? That's her, what does that stand for? Uniform, trust, blah, blah. It's like the account you get for kids, right? I forget what it all stands for. Anyway, she says, I've tried multiple approaches since she was 13, but I remain unsuccessful. Okay, Ooh. Tiffany. Yes, I'm this, like, it's like, made I'm, for I'm, you. I have my hand up and I'm like, <laughs> give me the conch. <laughs> because so my beautiful stepdaughter is 14 and I feel like we finally cracked the code. When she was little, we, we did it somewhat and, and, and it helped. So one of the things we used to do when she was little is that whenever we would go somewhere, her father, instead of buying her stuff, we would tell her to look at her piggy bank and what would her budget be. So we just started with like using proper language to describe things that were actually happening in her life. Then it kind of fell off because she didn't care because she wasn't keeping a piggy bank anymore. And when she turned 13, it was like, oh, what can we do? So what really helped is that she started working. So working meaning like, so my husband is a twin and his twin is a master painter. So on the weekends, he would pick her up sometimes and she would help him tape off. Like he would be doing a house and she would be in charge of taping up the rooms, you know, with the blue tape and he would pay mm-hmm. her. 
And then now that she's 14, she actually just babysit, babysat my sister's kids yesterday. Um, Carol and Tracy and I, we went to brunch and Alyssa babysat Roman and Amelia because she's 14 and they know her and they're four and five. And so she made $10 an hour. She works with Tracy at TAC, uh, Tracy uh, Aliche Consulting, Her my sister's a publicist. And so she does um, work with Tracy, research work with Tracy, especially after school, but now she's off for the summer. So we found that it made a difference because now that she's working and bringing in money, it became real to her because everything else was theoretical. And now with her money, we sit down and we're like, okay, how much did you make? Some of it has to go to your savings here. Some of it has to go to this checking account. And then this is what can go for money that you can spend. So the best way to kind of get her interested is it has to mean something for her. Like I don't talk to Alyssa about bills like a little bit, like I'll talk to her about bills somewhat like, you know, how much things cost, or I might share with her how much, you know, the vacation was just so she knows, but ultimately she don't care. But what she cares about is, um, Carol, um, I actually was three and a half hours. <laughs> so, <you know? laughs> so, so what is she doing with her earnings? Have y'all been investing them? Does she have a savings? What does so, she do with them? Right now, we just keep it really simple. We do some savings and some spending for her. But what okay. I did do this summer for her is I, I enrolled her in an investment class because I wanted her to like, you know, to understand that when we talk, when we start pulling money for investments, she's not like, where's my money going? So there's this teen class by this um, um, young woman um, named Tiffany. Actually, her name is, um, her brand is called Modern Black Girl. I love oh, her. Yeah. She, her. Yes. She's super young and cute and like in her 20s and like fabulous. So, uh, you know, Alyssa don't want to hear from me. So I was like, mm, maybe she'll hear from fabulous Tiffany. So it was a teen class and it was every week. And so every week she would like take a class and, and learn how to trade and invest. So so that's like kind of like the next step for her. But really, it just started with she earns money and then we show her savings and spending and just go over what she earned and, and how she can make more. She got really excited about like, what else can I do to make more? You should see Tracy's like she's her, the best employee she ever had because she will text her and be like, do you have an additional work? And Tracy's like, no. Alyssa wrote, I'm actually I am more than willing to learn new skills. <laughs> she's like. And so I'm not going to lie, most of the money that she makes that the money that we let her spend is all Amazon because, you know, these kids. But at least she knows I have to save some. I have some to spend. And now she's learning that once she finishes this course, we're going to set aside some of your money to also invest. So that's what I said. Like, you know, she's not going to be, you know, some people have a natural inclination, but start with what matters to her. Maybe let her have a little job and, and, and see where that takes you. I, I completely agree that when the money is real to them, they're more... They're just more invested in it. I mean, literally. And in terms of like watching her her UTMA, and by the way, I looked, I had to look it up, but my brain is fried. Uniform Trust and Minor Act. It's basically a kind of custodial bank account that you can open for your child or your stepchild in this case. And then when they come of age, every state is different, but like 18 is typical. Then it can be transferred to them and they get control of the money. I feel like does does being does the fact that it's her stepdaughter. Does that hinder or change your advice at all? I mean, I know Supergirl is your stepdaughter as well. When you and Superman would talk about her personal finance, education, and all of that, did that come from him? Or how did you build that relationship so that, you know, she would look to you for advice and not just like, oh, you're not my mom. Like, you can't tell me what to yeah, do. It was hard. I'm not going to lie. She, um, so I would basically work through him at first. You know, like, I'd be mm -hmm. like, mm, you know, Alyssa made money. She made like $100. He's like, what? 
Because, you know, she's not telling him anything. But I would know because either, like, you know, my sister would have paid her or she got, you know, babysitting money or just, you know, I just would be listening, you know? And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I know. And I would hear her making, like, plans with her friends. Like, ooh, girl, I made $100, so I'm going to get that dress. And then right now the kids are really into press-on nails. And the press on there, she would be, okay. you know, like she would be making a list to trick up all her dough. And I'd be like, yeah, let me tell him. Because I know if I said something, it might be like nobody was talking to you. But, you know, dads can say whatever because that's, you know, that's his daughter. So at first it started that way. And I don't know if you remember, like maybe like maybe some months ago I was saying that was the one relationship out of all of our relationships that out of my personal relationships that was still working on making better that. We used to be like BFFs when she was really little. I came into her life when she was six. And then for like three years, she was my bestie. And then we got engaged. And then she was like, don't you take my daddy. And I was like, I'm not. And so we weren't. But I have to say, we're back. We have been working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it. She's matured. And honestly, like it's it's like we were like, like before, you know, which is awesome. And so now I don't have to go through him. Like the other day I was saying something to him. He was like, tell her. And I was like, oh, yeah. I can. So mm. I don't know. So you know, obviously, your relationship best. If you guys are close, go to her directly. If not, then I would work through, you know, your your partner. But because you want to make sure that, you know, you're you're there to raise a human being that can take care of themselves when you're no longer there. That is your job. Yeah. And I would just add to that. If, if you've tried everything and they are still not interested in contributing to their savings account or whatever kind of fund you've opened for them, You know, nothing prepares a young woman for financial independence like having no financial safety net from her parents. So maybe you don't show an interest in funding her accounts. You know, maybe she takes out a student loan and figures out how to pay it back. I've seen that happen with family members of mine where their parents, especially in cases where the parent didn't really have much and then they were able to help their kid in a way that their parents weren't able to, like they would try to do too much for their kid, make everything too easy, a little too laid out for them. Like, I'm going to open it up for you, but now you have to be interested in it. You know, why aren't you interested in it? Like, and for me, and especially as a young mom or with a young child, I think about, I really want to, I don't want to make it so frictionless for, for my kid. And I want him to to know that I'm there to answer questions, but for him to still like develop sort of a curiosity and an interest and to know that if he doesn't do something, it doesn't always mean that I'm just going to do it for him. Easier said than done. Obviously, I'm a huge control freak and I don't want want my baby to suffer. But I do feel like at a certain point, you can't just force it on Mm -hmm. someone. You know, they have to cut. Sometimes you have kids that are so hard-headed, they just got to like fall on their ass and pick themselves back up. And Mm -hmm. that's their little aha moment. Okay, shall we get to the second question? Yes, por favor. See, I speak Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't tell my family that I forgot how to say (laughs) question in Spanish. (laughs) Please. All right, do you want to read this one, Tiff? Sure. Okay. Also, this is someone who'd like to become, be um, left anonymous. Okay. um, Hi there. Love the show. Thanks. I'm a 30-year-old single male. I currently make about 175k annually from my job. Okay, bank. I'm that's me obviously. He didn't say that. Um I'm 100% debt-free. Yes, and have a profitable townhouse rental, but I'm facing a huge problem. Okay. It's probably more emotional than financial. I want my mom to get life insurance or burial burial insurance at minimum. 
My family has been impacted by the prison industrial complex and drugs. And so I was essentially raised by the Department of Family Services in Florida. Okay. I want to build a relationship with mom, but I don't feel that I should be on the hook financially to take care of her as she ages. I also think she should be responsible for her own funeral services. I feel that by taking care of her, I will have ruined everything I have worked for. I hear the pain in her voice when she asks me for help. Do we have an obligation to take care of our parents given that we were raised by the system or am I being selfish? Oof. Oof. I know. Heavy. I have so much empathy for what this person is going through. So thank you for yes. for opening up. I've dealt a little bit with feelings like this, feeling of guilt, not necessarily with my, you know, one of my parents, but certainly family, mm. you know, who you only hear from when they need something. It wasn't my mother or my father, but a very, you know, a close um, relative of mine, I'll say, someone I grew up with, I did eventually reach the point in my mid-20s where I made of decision purely for my own mental health and for my well-being to not have a relationship with that person, mm. I didn't strike out thinking I need to just cut this person off. But I realized this person only wanted one with me if I were to give them money. And I understood when the money stopped, that relationship would stop. And I said, okay. And I allowed that to happen. Those feelings of, I mean, it's so, it's so difficult because it's obviously a, a father- I'm sorry, a mother-son relationship, which is just so, uh, it's just so fraught and so intense. Um, but I would just say you have to be true to your feelings and mm -hmm. forgive yourself. You did not ask for all of these struggles. Um, and it's not necessarily, not every child sees it as their responsibility to care for their parents, even if they have been in their lives, you know, their whole life. You have to support her in a way where you are true to yourself and to what makes you happy. Part of me is like, I really, really hope that you're seeing a therapist um, or someone with experience in mental health to help you work through this relationship. Because as someone who has used therapy to help rebuild some relationships in my life with, with loved ones, it's been so powerful and so helpful to have that outlet to, to talk through and really look at the way that you're feeling and the emotions that you're having and help unpack them. That's what I would say. And here's the thing, even... You don't have an obligation to to take care of anyone, honestly. I mean, uh, well, that's not true. You have an obligation to take care of your children, like because you brought them here. <laughs> like that is your obligation. Yeah. Not everybody meets it, but that is your obligation. But honestly, even even it sounds crazy. Even if a parent was awesome to you and you know they were great, I mean, of course, many of us would be like, well, duh, of course, I'm going to take care of a parent that was there for me, but. Ultimately, adults have an obligation to take care of themselves. Kids are the only ones who are like, uh, I'm sorry, sis, I don't know how to cook. I'm three. I'm going to need you to do this, bruh. Like, I can't change my own diaper. You need to handle it. But so just keep that in mind. And um, I, I think that, you know, trying to get her to get burial insurance is actually, a, you know, a good idea. Um, I don't know if you thought of therapy for yourself, not, not because I want you to, you know, have to take care of your mom or whatever, but because you have accomplished a lot despite, you know, all that's happened. 
and it just might help to release. I've had some anger of some of my childhood stuff and it really helped me to release letting go of some of those things so I can fully live presently in joy. You deserve that. Mm-hmm. And there's a really great book that you should read by a sister. Her name is Neerdra, don't know her last name, but it's called Boundaries. Her book came around out around, around the same time that mine did. She's a therapist, a licensed therapist, and she really talks and teaches how to set boundaries that are healthy for you. I have a hard time setting boundaries and that's something I'm working on actively. And so I want you to be able to set it, set whatever boundary you think is right for you without the guilt and the shame, do what you think you want to do and being okay with not doing what you don't want to do. So I just commend you. You, I don't know if you talk to like high schools and things like that, but honestly you should, they need to see men who have come a mighty long way and look how Mm. successful you are. Honestly, like aside from your mom, I just want to pat you on the back and give you a hug and say, yes, I'm proud of you. Honestly, I am. And so and if you haven't thought about that, you should, because more boys need to see men like you who, you know, had a really rough beginning and yet have seen their way to the other side. So just, yeah. So just congrats. Absolutely. And if if this relationship is is keep preventing you from feeling that pride and the joy that you should in yourself, then, you know, that's a that is something that may not have a financial impact on you, but it can definitely take a toll mentally on you. You need to be able to start your own life. Start in this, you you spent such a huge part of your life being a ward of the state, it sounds like, and jerked around probably by other people's schedules, other people's needs, other people's obligations. And you're finally 30. You are making a really great salary. You are debt-free. You are doing so many things right. And you are in complete control at a, you know, at a time when it's just, it's just a magical probably time for you to just feel like you are in control of your own destiny. And, you know, you should really be able to, to enjoy that. Um, so what was that book, Tiffany? Boundaries? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think Boundaries. I need to give that to a couple people as well. Yes. Boundaries? Uh, yes. But um, <laughs> um, her name is uh, Neerja. She's a, she's a, is she a doctor? She's a therapist. I know that. Let me look it up. Boundaries. Because I think her book is doing really well too, which lets, leads me to le- believe that it must be, it must be um, really good. I bought it. I haven't read it yet. So it's called, actually it's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. So that's what it's called. Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. And it's by Nidra Glover Tawab. So N-E-D-R-A, Nidra Glover, and then T-A-W-W-A-B. So it's got so many great reviews and people are like, this has really helped me to um, really relook at why I make the choices that I make. So I I highly suggest that for you if you want to like read the Audible. She's on IG. She's got really great posts. I look at her posts all the time about like, girl, it's okay to say no. She just she just seems like just such an awesome. She's a therapist, like I said, and just just an awesome resource for what you're experiencing and anyone out there who's experiencing that. Can we talk a little bit about the the personal finance bit of this where he's wanting his mom to get life insurance or burial insurance? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's definitely an option. I think you need to prepare prepare yourself. I'm kind of like my therapist is always asking me, well, let's think about the worst case scenario. They don't get the insurance and they pass away and you have to pay for the funeral expenses. What what do you do? Or you don't have to. You honestly don't have to. <laughs> but that is something that happens. You know, they never get insurance because you can't control her. She's an adult at the end of the day. What would your reaction be? And to kind of put like kind of role play with that situation and, and make a decision and like be okay with it and recognize that I have a choice. I'm making this choice and it's okay because you really can't force her to 
to purchase anything like that. If insurance maybe is intimidating to her, you could possibly encourage her to set aside just some cash savings, you know, in a savings account that she can, you know, set aside knowing that this will help, you know, my child cover my funeral expenses or something like that, you know. If you decide through therapy that you really want to, like eventually down the road decide that you are okay with or you would, you know, feel comfortable by putting aside a little bit of money for a modest funeral for her, then that's something that you could consider doing or baking into your financial plan now just to make peace with that. But I definitely think that this is the kind of choice that you shouldn't be making alone and have a a trained mental health professional Mm -hmm. walk you through it. You deserve that. You 100% deserve it. You're doing so well financially. My, My concern for you now is your mental health and how you make sure that the cycle of you know, I, I think with anything, the drug epidemic, all of that is really driven as well by mental health issues that that have ravaged black and brown communities, especially mental health. It, you just should not put that, in the, put that in the back burner. And I really hope you get the help you need. I love the idea of you mentoring other children too, especially children similar to you, but make make mental health a part of your success story as well so that you can show them the importance of, you know, really pouring into and investing in your own mental health as well and and not just, you know, being successful from a financial standpoint. Exactly. That's Yeah, that's especially important. I love that. Okay. Well, this was our first (laughs) B-A-Q-A. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We did Wait, wait, B-A-Q-A. What is that? (laughs) Bakwa. Is that what it comes out to be? But yeah, oh, no. Tiffany, I know. I, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all yeah. tell us. Leave us a comment. Hit us up <laughs> at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a send us a DM or share, but definitely share the show with your friends. In fact, we would love if you just went right now and shared this episode with just a few friends. You know, yes. hit that little share icon, send it in a text message, easy peasy. Let us let them know about Brown Ambition. We'd love to help expand the reach of our show. Yes, thank you. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.